Welcome to our Grandparents' Teachings, a storytelling program hosted by Chuck Miller in collaboration with the Sitka Tribe of Alaska, Art Change, and KCAW. This storytelling program will help keep Clinkett stories alive through community education. Join us the first Tuesday of every month from 7 to 8 p.m. as we celebrate the rich cultural heritage of this land. Thank you for listening to our grandparents' teachings. This next episode will be focusing more on the clan houses in our village area of Shitka. There was approximately 30-some clan houses in the area at one time. Not very many of them standing anymore, but the names continue on. I'd like to explain a little bit about the clan houses, or hit is what our people call them. In ancient days... Long ago, in every village throughout southeast Alaska, families would build their own clan houses. Depending on what clan you were, if you were of the raven moiety, you would hire the opposite clan to build the clan house for you. The opposite moiety would be the wolf moiety, or your father's people. I'll use myself as an example. The clan house that I live in is referred to as Kayashkahit, which is translated as the platform house or the porch house. And that clan house was built here in the 1853 approximately, and the house that I currently live in is the third rebuilt house on that property. When it was rebuilt in the early 1940s, my great uncle, who I'm named after, Mr. Charlie Dick, had hired his wife's people, the Chukunedi, the Brown Bear Tribe, or the Porpoise Tribe, to build the clan house for him. He hired them officially. They built it for our clan. That's how things are done today also. You would hire the opposite clan. He paid them off at a memorial potlatch that was specifically done for the building of the clan house. They were paid monetarily and through goods. Also, as a part of building a clan house, it is given a name. If you've ever been to the search campus, a lot of the search names there on the buildings were given by our local elders. Every clan house in the village, too, has names. They're very specific to that clan. The names itself, such as something that happens very significant to that family, 
And it's usually, it has to do with sometimes the animal people or things around them or events that happen in their history. I'll give you one example. The Koho clan here in Sitka had a clan house in Dry Bay. Ah, is what we call it. And during those times, our families got bigger. And this is how clan houses expanded. Families got bigger. They needed more room, so they would build another clan house. I was told by my uncles, Mr. Ed Coons and Mr. George Ramis, they shared with me this story about how the frog house of the Coho clan was built in Dry Bay. They said at one time in the springtime, they were getting ready to build the foundation in the early spring as they were digging out the area. They both used the same words at two separate times of listening to them. They said the exact same thing. They dug up a giant white prehistoric frog. They said it was massive. They never seen nothing like it. It was pure white. That was very ironic. And so what they did was they moved the giant white frog and dug up another hole for him because it was hibernating. And they put it in that place. And they built the clan house right there. And they came up with the name. When they gave the name to the clan house, they came up with the name Hichichihit, which means frog house. That's how clan names come to be. With the clan house that I live in, which is called the platform house or the porch house, I was told it was the very first clan house that was built up off the ground. The water ran underneath it. Hence the reason why they call it the porch house or the platform house. And of course the clan houses were built from large timber planks. In this area of Shitka, they would obviously use Sitka spruce because they're long, very firm, very straight. And that's how they would make them. And that took a lot of work because we didn't have the modern tools that we had. So the community had to help build these clan houses. The ones you see in the village area now are more modern renditions that was done at the turn of the century, the late 1800s. They started building clan houses more like that. More than one family would live in the clan house. Multiple families would live in it. If you look at the Shitkakwa Nakahidi, the tribal community house, if you go in there, you will see at the very bottom center, there's a fire pit. And then there's the clan house screen. They said long time ago, the clan leader would live behind the screen with his wife or wives. In ancient days prior to contact, it was not uncommon to have more than one wife. And then the clan people would live on the tiers going around it. The closer you were to the fire, the higher rank in society you were. The further away from the fire you were, the lower rank in society you were. And the entrances to the clan houses were very unique too. You had to kind of like lift your leg up because there was a lip on it and put your foot in there. And then you would have to duck your head in there because the entrance was strategic in not only keeping the cold weather out, but also for enemies. They said that it used to be a long time ago, people would sit on the inside of the clan house guarding the people and people would try to enter the clan house, they'd have to put their foot in, one of their foots in first with their head lowered, and they're already naturally exposed. So they would get clubbed over the head or, or killed. And then they would also drape it with a, also a large brown bear hide to keep the cold out. So those are some things about the clan house that I wanted to share, but one of the more important things was our people had a ceremony. It was the called the peacemaking ceremony with the tree people. Our people respected trees so much, we actually call them Asquani. It literally means tree people. 
and they have this peacemaking ceremony with them after the clan house was finished. If you look into the Nakahidi, if you look into the four corners, you will see markings in the corners. Those are peacemaking marks. In ancient days, prior to contact, we had what we call gur. That means slaves. They consisted of either Simshian or Haida people of high caste nobility. They were basically spoils of war, and they were worth money. And when they would dedicate these clan houses, in order to put value on anything in our culture, whether it was a clan hat, a totem, a clan house, a piece of regalia, to put value on it, they would kill these gurh, one or two or three. The more you killed, the more value it was placed on that object or that thing. So they would kill these slaves when they would make peace with the tree people. They would use the blood and mark the corners of the clan houses with that blood. They would start with the rising and the setting of the sun. They would start in the east and finish in the west. That's how they would mark it. They would sing these peacemaking songs. As they would mark the corners, they would hire the opposite clan to mark the corners. As they would mark it, they would say these words, Goo, goo, wah. And they did that on all four corners. And then they give the clan house their name, whatever the leader wanted. And everybody in the clan house that was from that clan owned that clan house, not just one person. So if you're looking at today, right now, as a clan house caretaker, my whole family owns the clan house. I just take care of it for them. And if you're looking at the, the house that's falling apart on Catlian Street, that's referred to as Dugginahit, which is actually a coho house. It means the way far out house in translation. That house, it has a lot of things going for it uh, in, in not so good of a manner. When our people were encountered with Western law and thoughts and practices, our people had our own tribal law. And obviously with the dominating culture that came in, they imposed their law on our people and telling our people that we had to have a piece of paper that says we own things. And in doing so, our people didn't understand the law quite the way it should be understood. And then telling us that we needed to have our names on a piece of paper. And of course, our people would be like, well, our whole family owns this house, so we'll put all of our names on it. And those that were married were married appropriately. They were married into the opposite moiety. So if a person that was a male and was married to the opposite moiety, who was a clan owner of that clan house, in Western law, your property would go to your spouse. In our tribal ways, that means the spouse is the opposite moiety, which is against our tribal law. They are not allowed to have it because they're not the same clan. It should go to the, the male's sister's children, which is the same clan. So now you're looking at many different complicating things with many people on the, the deed, and it goes to many different people that are of the opposite or the wrong clan. In Western law, that upholds. In tribal law, the ancient days are pretty much over with. The people don't abide by those anymore. So now you're looking at you know many different issues with many different people's names on the deed and you have to have permission 
according to the Bureau of Indian Affairs law, which is the old law, that says you cannot tear down or build or anything like that without everybody's written permission and signature. If one person doesn't say yes to either tearing down or building up, it's not going to happen. Hence the reason why you see a, the clan house that's falling down there and then there's nothing being done because of an old law that the Bureau of Indian Affairs has put on it. But I thought it would be interesting to tell you all these things because a lot of people don't know about these clan houses and how it all goes with ownership and the names. And every clan person comes from a clan house. Even though the, the physical structure isn't standing, people will say, I am from the iceberg house or I am from the point house. So the clans that uh, had clan houses here in Shitka, the four major clans was obviously Kiksadi, the Raven Frog Clan, Kadakadi, who they married into when they came here 10,000 plus years ago, which is the ancient name of Chukanadi, which is the Brown Bear Tribe, the Tluknakadi, which is my clan, the Raven Koho Clan, and the Kagwantan, the Wolf Tribe. Those are the four major clans that had clan houses here in the Shitka area. And the reason why they call the village site uh, I was told by an elder, I heard it on a recording, Mr. A.P. Johnson referred to the village site. That is the only place in town that is referred to as Sheetka. It means the village on the outside of She. So just inside the Catlian Street area where the old clan houses, that is the only place that's called Sheetka. I hope you've learned a few things from me today. I enjoy sharing these things. Have a great day and thank you for listening. Gunafchish. The next recording you're going to hear comes from the early archives of a recording that was done in the early 1940s of a clan house dedication. This was done at Tluk Hit, which is the middle coho house uh, of my relatives. At that current time, the caretaker of the clan house was Anya Nachtla, Annie Joseph, who was the wife of Charlie Joseph Sr. Uh, she hired the opposite clan to rebuild the foundation and do some structural work on the clan house. And so this, this recording that you're going to hear, you're going to hear two different uh, songs. Um, and multiple songs were done during this, uh, this kuik, this uh, uh, potlatch, basically, in, uh, to pay off the people that had worked on the clan house for her. Uh, memorial songs were sung, or the grieving songs were done. Uh, spirit songs were done. Uh, fun songs were done, love songs were done, and so we're going to give you a, just a little taste of a couple of the songs that were done during this house dedication that was done in the early 1940s. We hope that you enjoy it. Oh. 
This next audio clip that you're going to hear is from our archives of Sikh Native Education Program. Again, we will be listening to Kash Atk, Charlie Joseph Sr. He'll be talking about the clan houses here in the, the Sheetka village area. He doesn't go through all of the clan houses, uh, but he gives examples of the names. He talks about the caretakers of the clan houses. This is all done in our Shlingit language. If you hear the word hit or hitty, he's referring to the clan houses themselves. You'll hear Koho clan houses, Kiksadi clan houses, Kaguantan clan houses, and Chukunadi clan houses. I hope you enjoy what you're going to listen to. Gurchish. Thank you. The one are standing now, I Kate 
ידו סעבון. היה איתי חיה, ודאוקסידך. אקיין אסני, אקר אהתך וכאיך, אקיה חצועו. אקיה תקוד עשה, עצית אהותי. ינותו איתך. ‫שהוא היה לך, ‫תהיה אהות, יהיה חוסני. ‫יהיה אהוסה, ‫יצוך סוטו, ‫איית, ‫כחתקוק אנחנו כוחויה, ‫יקוצצי כף תתוק, ‫יהוא אהוסה, ‫שיתדידך תויית, ‫אתה אהוסה יהיה, ‫יקצתכן. יעלך אותי, יקוץ לצריך, רק תתרוק. יהיה, יקוקה, ידקנאה, ינקהיתך. אוקיי. יתקתיה, היה לך חוגות, יחזר כהתקה הסוכהית, יעהית, שיצוץ לארצו, יעהית, שצחוק נחתי, היתי, היה. היה לך כסל, הצליח, קריאה שוב חייק אותי, יהיה A lot of our listeners love to hear the language. Um, a lot of our, our Tlingit people and community people in general love to hear our language spoken. I know for me growing up, that's all I heard growing up. I didn't understand everything they were saying. But now that I'm older and a lot of our elders are gone now, our fluent speakers are gone, when I hear these older recordings, such the things that I'm sharing with all of you as listeners, it brings a warm feeling to my heart. My mother used to say when she hears the old recording, she just feels like it's, it's warming her heart. It's like she's sitting down and eating a really good meal with her grandparents. And I feel the same way every time I hear the language itself. So even though I can't translate everything for our listeners, Uh, I would like you to listen to the language and how beautiful it was. Our people were very good oratory people. They did speeches all the time. Speeches were the most important thing to re- show respect to everyone around them. And the language was so elegant. My mother always says, it's hard to translate what our people are saying because there's words in English that cannot describe what we are trying to say as our Tlingit people in our language. So I hope that you enjoy the things that we share with you. And just take in the language that you hear, because unfortunately it is drifting away from our people. We are trying to revitalize it. There are immersion programs within Southeast Alaska, but a lot of our old timers are gone now. And in this community of Shitka, I can only think of five fluent speakers left here. The next recording that you'll be hearing is from our Sikh Native Education Program archives. The recording that you'll be hearing is from 1947 approximately, as a part of a rededication of the foundation of the clan house known as Tluk Hit, Koho House, or Middle Koho House. The caretaker at the time was Anya Nachtla, Mrs. Annie Joseph, and uh, she had hired the opposite tribe to help rebuild the clan house, and this ceremony was done and recorded um, at that time. Many songs were sung during this ceremony, sorrow songs, happy songs, spirit songs. I've selected a few here for you to listen to, and 
The ones that you'll be hearing are from the Koho clan, Oknachadi. I hope that you enjoy. Thank you. 
Kauassa ja Ajakissa ensin. Asu sepa ajokolhas akch, akkaakas, akikas, asahiahit, The next story that you'll be listening to for your listening pleasure is a story that was told to us by Kosh Atk, Charlie Joseph Sr., through the Sikha Native Education Program. The Nakahiti dancers, or the Sheetkakwan Nakahiti dancers, that perform for our visitors every summer, use this story to tell our visitors about the creation of dance. This version that you'll be hearing today is all in the Tlingit language. Sometimes it's okay not to understand what people are saying, but the language itself is very beautiful. I hope that you enjoy what we have to share with you today from our SNEP archives. Folks, to ask you, should any girl get a divorce, play the card, a clear to the cake, go to the house, go Where did you learn the dance from? Go to the house, No. Ayaya <laughs> Yet ne <laughs> Yeah, 
remember where I'm going to stop. I'll ask you folks tomorrow. Second and thank you for listening to our grandparents' teachings. What you've listened to today, I'm very grateful to share with all of you our grandparents' teachings regarding clan houses and the clan houses of Sitka. You've heard a recording through Charlie Joseph talking a little bit about some of the clan houses that were standing at one time. I explained a little bit more about it as the dedications of clan houses as they pertain to our traditional ceremonies. You've also heard a recording about Charlie Joseph speaking about how Raven creates dance. And we also shared some songs with you, traditional clan songs that were done during a traditional ceremony of a rededication of a clan house. We hope that you enjoyed what we have shared with you today. Thank you for listening. Goodness, cheesh. the end of the song. Thanks for joining us to learn from our grandparents' teachings. Stay tuned next month to join for more stories, songs, and traditional ways of living. If you would like to hear previous episodes, search Our Grandparents' Teachings anywhere you find podcasts. 
If you have a story you'd like to share, please reach out at storytelling at kcaw.org. We'd love to hear from you. This show is supported in part by the Sika Tribe of Alaska, the Alaska Humanities Forum, and the National Endowment for the Humanities.